ma 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 baker she goes around town <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what she does when she's going around town but that's what she does <sighs> all right ma baker she taught her four sons all right ma 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 baker to hold to a, handle their to guns to handle their guns yeah handle ma, 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 ma. ma baker she is the queen bee Ma Baker. I don't know. I just love that song. And now it's stuck in my head. It's a good song. It's written nicely. It's ri- yeah. written, nicely. written nicely. And 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 watching the performance really adds value to that. Like <laughs> it, it just makes the song so much better. Yes. Uh, it does. Yes, yes. Because the I, whoever I, the Boney M lead singer is, or the guy singer. Yeah, I think is, his name is Peter. Uh, his name is Peter, and he was an exotic dancer. I, you know, his last <laughs> Peter, name. Peter, let me see your Peter. His, no, his last name for sure <laughs> is F- Farrell, like because it reminded me of Will Farrell. Peter Farrell. But I, I don't know. Maybe it was that or Paul or something. Whatever. Peter Paul Simon. I was Farrell. watching that show. I like the IT crowd, and the guy's name, like the, the girl, is dating this other guy, um, and his name is Peter. Last name File. Peter File. <laughs> Well, that's a really great name. Pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess we should start. Whenever you're ready. <laughs> hey, it's Heidi and Stefan, and welcome back to the Ice Cream Parlor. Yes, yes, yes. You're listening to another episode of the wonderful podcast where we talk about horror movies. Ma, 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 ma. Ma Baker. <laughs> <laughs> she teaches her sons. Something like that. <laughs> How to handle the guns? I forgot. I know. I think it's about. Um, I think it's based on Ma Barker, who was the head of a um, of a crime family. Is that so? Yeah. Is there a Ma Barker? Barker. Let's see. There's Ma Chicago? Barker. Her name was Kate Barker. Um, she was part of the of the Barker Carpus gang during the Public Enemy era in Chicago. In Chi Town. Chicago. <laughs> Well, that's interesting. She, um, I wonder if it's in relation to that. I, I figured that it must be. I thought that's what they were talking about. Yeah, there has to be like, some sort of truth to it. That, yeah, that gang had um, like sprees of kidnappings, murders, and bank robberies. Mm. Ultimately led to everyone's violence. Did deaths. she have sons? She had sons. That I handled believe. their guns? They did <laughs> handle their guns. Um. She did have sons. I don't know off the top of my head their sons' names. But cool. yeah. Well, ma, 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 ma. I, I, I had no idea that um, that little TikTok clip was from that same group. And I know what that, TikTok clip? it's this thing going around where it sounds like it's that song Rasputin or whatever. And uh, or Rasputin or however Rasputin. they put it. Um, it's like sounds like a an anthem for, you know, Big Russian guys or whatever. Oh. Um, but that's a Boney M song. <laughs> and it's been floating around on TikTok forever, I guess, now. I mean, I don't really know. I just, uh, I'm not on TikTok or anything. But I've heard this little clip before, and I didn't know where it was from. And now when we saw that Boney M video today, I was like, wait, that's that song. <laughs> I have three TikTok videos up, and that's it. I don't know TikTok. I think I might be a little too old for TikTok. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't get it. I don't have time for all that. 
I mean, I'm not I'm not about to do any like dances or all that. And half the the problem is it's funny for a little while, but eventually, especially for my type of brain, it kills that sound or that clip or that drop. Yeah. You know, like I like to see it one time around, but then when you see 20, 30, 40, 50 it's, other people do it, it's like it it kills it. It's I not agree. funny anymore. It's kind of like how I Nirvana's great, but I can't listen to Nirvana for I couldn't listen to Nirvana for a very long time because it was overplayed so much. Sure. At sure. one point in yeah. my life. So I kind of I agree totally with that. get it. Yeah. Totally get it. Yeah. I mean, there's a few people that I mean, you watch videos too that are where it's like the original content creator is not the person you're watching. You're watching somebody remixing their content. And I, I don't know. I guess that works with songs too, but it's just things get watered down eventually. And um, I don't know. For me personally, I just can't get into that whole that whole vibe. I really don't even watch or participate in any. I'm kind of just putting it on the shelf. But I ended up on lesbian TikTok. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> That makes sense. <laughs> Whatever, bro. Okay. So. So today, what are we here for? Today, we are talking about the 2007 movie, The Mist. The Mist, a Stephen King novella, I guess. Or Based whatever. off a Stephen King novella, um, but directed, uh, written, screenplay. Screenplay. Screen. Please play. pray for the screenplay. I'm praying, but it doesn't work. Screenplay. <laughs> Written by and directed by Frank Darabont. Mm, Mr. Walking Dead. Now, what we should probably What's tell... What's awesome. Oh, okay, sorry, what, now, I was going to say what we should tell people about this is how we chose the movie this week is we were playing a wonderful round of slash cards. Yes. And this question came up where ma, it basically ma, ma, ma. said what something about... Um, Frank Darabont and what mo three movies or whatever did oh, he... Oh, yeah. I think the card <laughs> said... Um, it was like name three movies that were from Stephen King novels. Yeah, so it said Frank Darabont directed three movies based on Stephen King novels. Mm -hmm. Which are they? And one is The and Shawshank only, Redemption right. that you haven't seen, The Green no, no, Mile, which I haven't seen, uh, and The Mist that neither of us have seen. And we're like, let's just watch The Mist. Right. Now, The Mist was the only one that's quote-unquote supposed to be horror movie in that Ooh, list. I have seen spooky. Shawshank Redemption. I just don't know or remember trying to see it in its entirety. Like, I maybe I've seen a TV version. Maybe I've seen the real version. I don't know. I do kind of know it's about people breaking out of prison. As far as all it's the little details, movie. I don't really know. I know Morgan Freeman's in it, and I forgot the other guy. Who's the other guy? Tim Robbins. Okay, see? Susan Sarandon's husband. Sure. Susan Sarandon was in Rocky Horror Picture Show okay. with the great Tim Curry. So Speaking of curry, I made curry for dinner today. You did, and it came out pretty good. Pretty good. Yep. But <laughs> I, like I said, as far as the movie, I have seen Shawshank. And Green Mile is a really good movie as well, too. I've seen that a couple times. I've never seen it. I didn't know that either one of those was technically directed by Frank Darabont. And technically, I've never watched The Walking Dead, so I can't even really say that I'm a Frank Darabont fan. I watched The Walking Dead for the first few seasons, and then it got kind of much for me. Kind of much? What do you mean? I like, don't remember why I stopped watching it. I think I just was like, personally, my life was getting a little bit more um, busy. But also, I think I just lost interest after a while. Um, also, at the time, I was dating this girl that was always like, oh, The Walking Dead, The Walking Dead. And I was like, 
stop talking about the fucking Walking Dead. <laughs> like you're oh the whole Nirvana scenario applied to the Walking Dead. Anyway, a lot of the actors in the Walking Dead series are in right. this fucking in this movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. Which I was like, oh wait, that's Carol. Wait, that's well, uh, what, Andrea. That's who else? <laughs> how, how old is Walking Dead? Because this was a 2007 movie. So did Walking Dead? Walking Dead must have been after 2007, right? No, um, I don't know. Let me look it up. I'm pretty sure it was after 2007. Yeah, it had to be. It was 2010. I 10, think. yeah. So, yeah. So that's probably where he met a lot of these actors and like, you know what? I'm keep up with me. I'm going to make this other thing. Um, I never again got into The Walking Dead at all. Um, but I don't know. A lot of people talked about it, so I kind of heard some things. But f- the funny thing is, I think when I wanted to get into Walking Dead is when everybody started wanting to get out of it because <laughs> of some really gory scene of something. Like I heard oh, all that? these like stories were like, "Oh my god, they went too far. They went too far. They shouldn't have shown whoever get like killed I the liked, fuck up." I liked The Walking <laughs> Dead for a very long time, and I thought it was just spectacularly gory. I I really liked it. I mean, it's a Greg Nicotero like yeah. um, are, are you familiar did you get that far to where I got people got pretty far. Um I got pretty far um as far as when they met whatever the guy's name with the fucking Casey Jones baseball bat. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> I think that the thing that caused the uprising was and I could be totally wrong because I've never seen an episode, but I think it has to do when maybe they killed the Asian guy. Where Glenn. it was pretty brutal. Wait, was it, was it Did it have to do with a baseball bat? Maybe like... No. So the baseball bat is... I think his name was Nigel. Uh, he was a new character that's from the comics that they were introducing to the show. And that's when I stopped watching because that's also the reason why Glenn... Was it Glenn? Is it Glenn? The Asian guy died. But the Asian guy was like... You want to root for him because he's his girl's pregnant and all kinds of shit. So anyway, there was a time where I remember everybody was in an uproar because of some death where everybody was like, "That was a little too far." And then at that time, I, I was like, was "Oh really? Asian I want to watch this now." <laughs> what, what what was too far? That's what I wanted to see. Well, I thought it was good. Um, I didn't watch it after a while, but whatever. Um, but the main character of this movie, The Mist, whose name is whose name is. Hold on. It's like James. And then he has a last name of a girl. Thomas Jane. Jane. Yeah. Yeah. Thomas Jane. He's the main (laughs) character here in this movie. But um, Darabont wanted him to play Rick Grimes, which is the lead character in The Walking Dead. But thankfully he didn't because I can't imagine anybody else playing him. Rick Grimes. It's a grimy name. Sounds like a a rapper. (laughs) Like a white boy rapper with like. With cornrows. <laughs> There's all these all these rappers now. Teeth. They got like they didn't get creative with their names. They all just said, "Oh fuck it, I'm just gonna be my name." Like at one, ever since Kendrick Lamar, they were like, "Fuck it, we don't need to make up a rap name anymore. No need for aliases." <laughs> my rap name but, is Heidi Gone Sizzle. <laughs> <laughs> There's this new guy out who I don't know. He has this couple videos. One is uh, I think his name is like lucas joiner or something i don't know something weird it's just oh, like a regular name i think that guy has a song called i'm not a racist and it's a good song but you can't play it like when you're driving and other people could hear it because it does call out a lot of racist names really? um because it's it's um it's speaking to the racism that in, that occurs but it, it it's a good song. You just can't play it out loud. <laughs> I saw two two videos again, just flipping through a Facebook feed. One was him riding around in a fancy car with Mark Wahlberg, 
And then the other one was him looking like Will Smith, and the whole song is like dedicated to Will Smith, like getting jiggy with it. No, oh, like sorry, he starts he starts off as Will Smith and Fresh Prince, and then he kind of goes through Will Smith's entire you know thing. Although in the whole video, he left out Independence Day, which I thought was a little. Uh, but how else does he get welcomed to Earth? So, uh, well, they do Men in Black, they do Wild Wild West, they do all these different Will Smith movies, Bad Boys, everything, but they don't do Independence Day. I was a little offended by that. (laughs) Was that the last song that, uh, what's his name, Cisco was on? (laughs) Cisco retired after that. They made a thong, the thong song remix, I thought, like recently, right? No, I don't know. They did. Oh my God, they totally did. I never Or I was having like a fever dream. You probably were. (laughs) So we're talking about The Mist today, which is, again, a Stephen King novella, novel, novella, whatever, and adapted by Mr. Frank Darabont. Um, I don't know. I I, I didn't hear much of 2007. I was trying to think back, like, what was I doing in my life at that time? Because I don't remember this movie coming out. And nor did I even know who Frank Darabont was, even though he did these other famous movies. Um, But I don't remember there being a big hype about this movie. Do you? Well, so 2007 was an interesting year for me. It was the year that I became a single mother and I moved to Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. So I, and um, as a single mother with no money, with uh, working, you know, two jobs and taking care of two kids kind of thing, I didn't exactly have time for that shit. Sure. But I've heard a lot of great things about The Mist. However, it wasn't as great as I thought it would be. Sure. I mean... The mist, the fog, you know, they're sort of a letdown, you know, I don't know. But the thing, the, the thing, thing, okay, yeah. The, the thing th- was featured in this movie. Yeah, it was, um, as were a couple other uh, Yeah, but I don't remember which posters. ones. Well, I did see a couple, you know, obviously we do a little bit of research on these things and the quick little tidbits that I saw on that particular artist thing is the guy who actually does the paintings is a guy who does a uh, movie. He did like Raiders of the Lost Ark and all these other famous movie posters. So it that's his like particular style. Um And yeah, there was, they were paying homage to many a great movie and one of which the thing where? So the movie starts like this. Mm-hmm. We meet the main character, whose name is David Drayton, and he is in his home, but in a studio room in his home where he does painting. So the thing is, he creates art for movie posters. And in the background of the of of I guess hung on the wall are copies of the Thing poster. Mm-hmm. Um, but also a few other ones. And he's currently working on something that looks like the good, the bad, and the ugly or something like that. Like yeah, a Clint it's a Clint Eastwood. Eastwood. Yeah, it's yeah. a kind of Clint Eastwood kind of something else going on yeah, there. Dave, David Drayton's a funny name. I mean, it's a, it's a you know, a, a nice rhyming cool kind of name. name. Well, I think of David Drayman, who's the lead singer from Disturbed. So <laughs> <laughs> when I hear that, I think, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was to say. <laughs> oh, I hope we didn't get down with the sickness. Yeah, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> he's got that COVID now. <laughs> um, but there's also a freak thunderstorm outside. So he gets his family, which consists of his wife and his son, Billy, and they go down to the cellar while the storm passes. Which is a smart move. Obviously, they must have been aware that this type of weather happens and things like this could happen. But he, I, th- this whole the scene happens so quickly this giant tree flies through the window and basically destroys all his artwork. And, and I 
they had a hard time believing it for that, that a tree first, would. F- no, not that a tree could, but that it happened just like that. Like he left the room like thirty seconds before, so if he would have waited two minutes longer, then he would have been fucking piled, uh, you know, killed by the tree or whatever. But I don't know. It just. It, I wanted to, what I'm doing is I'm judging the movie as I'm watching it. And I was like, well, that happened pretty fast. So maybe that's just my but way of looking at it. Hold up. Wait a second. Mm-hmm. That's just weather. Like you almost got crushed by a streetlight no, in a I, hurricane I, in Florida. I know. And I'm not saying that it's not believable that it could happen. What I'm saying that it just was like, I I don't know. Maybe I was thinking that they needed more of setup, maybe to drag it out a little bit longer, to show a couple other shots of like the wind blowing through the trees outside and that the weather was really building up to that point. It was just this giant tree comes flying vertical through a window. But then the next morning, they just walk out of the house and see all the damage and they're like, eh, it's just things. Wow, really? It's just things? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I don't know. Like again, I'm judging it's your home. it on. I mean, I, yes, there are just things, but it's your home. You you could have gotten squished to death, you know, and and it's very expensive to recover from yeah. that. Like, but he also knew he was going to move his family, so maybe if you knew this was a very important art project, that probably wise to move it away from the windows at least. <laughs> you know, like I don't know. Correct. So um, so yeah, the the um. The tree destroys the window. The family comes outside the next morning. Like it's just a shit show. Um, they notice the mist out on the horizon um, over the lake. Comes creeping in just like that fog. Just like the fog. <laughs> um, and um, but there's no curse in this one. It's just the fog. Like it's just mm-hmm. the mist that comes in. So we find out that the Draytons and their neighbors, the Norton, who is the um, Brent Norton, who is this, I guess, affluent attorney from new york city because this whole thing takes place in some city and some town in maine because it's stephen king right yeah definitely (laughs) they said portland and i was thinking oregon but then i forgot that all of stephen king's movies usually take place in maine they didn't film it in maine however and actually did in like the south or something yeah and darabont was saying that he was um excited to know that when they previewed the movie for stephen king that he leaned over and was like wow did you film this in maine (laughs) Oh. <laughs> well, everything's filmed in Georgia now. Yeah, well, now because of COVID, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, also because of their stance on abortion. So a lot of studios don't want to film in Georgia. I don't know about that. Well, that was it, is it abortion? I think it was either the abortion or the um, restricted uh, rights for uh, voter rights, like the restrictions for the voter rights. I unfortunately I had to spend a night in a Georgia jail, and that sucked. But uh, I hope to never do it again. <laughs> well here's hoping (laughs) yeah it was a wild night i'm not gonna go into all the details basically it was a bullshit weed charge but i was uh caught slipping and ended up having to spend almost a whole night there i knew i was gonna get out the story of when your friend had to go and look for yeah i got locked up with him with a bunch of money on me so essentially i could bail him out from inside jail i don't know how that works but i didn't have enough money to bail us both out so I basically said, I'll bail you out. Go ahead and find out where they towed my car. 
I'll give you the money also or whatever. He had to call his cousin to get the rest of the money to get the car towed. But this was like midnight, whatever, on like a weekend. So if he didn't pull it off, I was going to spend the, the weekend in jail. On a Friday night, I would have been having to, you know, not get out until Monday or whatever. So I just said, fuck it. I'm pretty sure he's going to do it. I just bailed him out, stayed in. And then um, luckily somewhere around 5 a.m., he had to go through uh, jumping through hoops and fucking everything left and right at With middle no of the night. Laces. Yeah, running. <laughs> like, he didn't even have... This was before pre-Uber, Lyft, whatever, taxis. He's in the middle of, like, fucking nowhere, Georgia. He had to find the tow truck place, but then also had to get, like, Western Union money order at a 24-hour place and then get that cashed and then be able to bring it back to the guy to get the tow truck out. I mean, the tow truck to let the car out. And then still get back to the jail and then with the rest of the money to bail me out all over some dumbass weed. This stupid Florida Georgia line. I'm telling you, man, they need to fucking uh, get smarter with that shit. Bullshit. But anyway, long story short, 5 a.m. We ended up riding past the same cops that arrested us that were they were like hanging out on the side of the road, sucking each other's dicks or whatever. And we just <laughs> rode by. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, Georgia. Yeah. Fun times. I've I've had a lot of good good experiences and bad in in Georgia, ATL. I've never been to Georgia. Yeah, it's cool. I've been to the Blue Ridge Mountains, which Me too. go from Virginia to the Blue Ridge Mountains, and then I guess got close enough to where we were able to go to like this peach orchard. That was like in Georgia, you mean? Or uh, or no, 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 yeah, yeah. The but Blue that's Ridge as close Mount- as I got that I have gotten to yeah, it. Yeah. They stretch a certain uh, amount. I went to the Blue Ridge Mountains with the band DTI, and that's where we wrote basically half of the album. You know, the um, the song. In that cabin. Yeah, we rented a cabin. We brought all our gear. We locked ourselves away from humanity with a bag full of shrooms and weed and (laughs) and a whole bunch of alcohol. And uh, we. In case you got cuts. Yes, in case we got cuts, we could take care of it. Antiseptic. And then we wrote half that album out there and did all the pre-production recording at that place for like over, I don't know, four or five days or whatever it was. Um, It was a great experience. But Georgia's nice. You know, it's cool. Atlanta's cool, too. I've had a lot of like crazy party experiences in Atlanta, Georgia, because I was in my college days. The Freaknik? That was in the 90s, right? That was in the 90s. Actually, when I by the time I was going to Atlanta, Freaknik was sort of over. But I lived in Florida, which essentially we had the equivalent of Freaknik every uh, spring break in Daytona Beach Mm. and Miami and all that. Um, But yeah, definitely Atlanta is a cool spot to be. And uh, I've had some great times there. Uh, So why were we talking about Georgia again? I forgot how we got on that tangent. Oh, so that's where it was filmed. <laughs> no, no, no. It was filmed, I think, in Louisiana. Oh, um, that's where The Walking Dead is filmed. Oh, okay. Oh, right. We talked about that's right. That's where all this. So anyway, <laughs> uh, to get back on track, ish, we'll get on other tangents, but whatever. Um, so David Drayton, his son Billy, and the neighbor Norton. They go into town because Drayton not only did his tree that he refused to cut down because it was dying, not only did that tree crush the Drayton's boathouse, but a tree also landed on his car. Oh, yeah. So Norton asks 
Drayton for a drive for a ride into town mm -hmm. because he also needs supplies and whatever. Yeah, it's kind of an awkward relationship thing. They're, they're neighbors who have a little thing they want to dispute over, but at the same time, he's but like, "Can you give me a ride?" We find out later that Norton, uh, the neighbor, had sued the Drayton, like sued David, mm -hmm. um, and lost. So there's some kind of hostility, yeah, exactly. some some abrasiveness yeah, there. The kid even goes, "Are we going to be friends? Are you going to be friends with him now?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the three of them drive into town. They leave the mom behind because whatever, right? Yeah, it was a little weird because that's the last. I mean, I have spoiler alert, but that's the last time. Mm -mm -mm -mm. But I, I thought she was kind of cool. Like I wanted to get to know I the mom more. Didn't like her, but I really? think they did that on purpose. It's like <laughs> she was saying things like were just weird not weird but like they weren't heartwarming yeah they they weren't like memorable okay like i forgot billy had a mom like halfway through <laughs> the movie <laughs> like, who the fuck is this adopted child <laughs> where's your mama <laughs> um but um they go into town and they everybody's at the market the market also has no power because the whole town is down on the way to the town there's like all these soldiers coming down from the mountains um from where the mist is Seeming to come from, but the uh, and somebody mentions Arrowhead Project, like oh they must be from Arrowhead Project. Now we find out here that Norton is uh, the neighbor is actually an out of towner. This is his like weekend home, yeah, his he's whatever. Like a big shot lawyer but or something. David Drayton is a local, mm -hmm. so yeah. he knows everybody in town and yeah. he knows his way around. And and this is a small town thing it's where it's like town. there's one market and one little plaza, so right. they don't have supplies so and all this. They know. go to the food mart, which I think mm -hmm. is called Food Mart, mm -hmm. yeah. um, <laughs> and they go to the store, and that's where we meet the rest of the gang. We but, find out that there is no, um, we find out that there is no electricity, but there's generators. The generators are keeping the food from going bad. Uh, everybody has to pay with cash or check yeah. or whatever. But it's so small town that I'm certain that they, if somebody didn't have cash or check, they totally let them, like, just be like, okay, just pay me later, what, sure. whatever. Yeah, exactly. They all, now, yeah. I don't know if you noticed this, but the food mart was also next to King's Pharmacy. Right. So this cool. is just like a little, yeah. Well, yes. But do you get it, King's? Yes, pharmacy. I get. Stefan, I okay, get it. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, hey, I noticed it. I thought maybe uh, you didn't. But you did. Of course you would have. <laughs> um, what was I saying? We were talking about the little grocery oh, store. Right. They so the just... market, we find out that there are some characters. For example, there's um, Irene, which is the older woman her, who is actually Frances Sternhagen. And she is that little old lady in a lot of horror movies. I think she might not be the old lady from uh, from Annabelle. She might be. I don't know, but she reminds me of like just a little old lady from Annabelle. Okay. Anyway, anyway um, so it's her. She's been in tons of movies. But then we get the entire cast of like The Walking Dead. Like we have Carol from The Walking Dead who plays woman with children at home. Um, <laughs> oh, very memorable her? character. with the short hair. Yeah. And then there's Laurie Holden who plays Amanda Dunfree, I guess, um, who is new to town, but she's like the new special ed teacher at the school. Um, there's Ollie, who is the assistant manager of the grocery store, this awkward looking kind of like hobbit yeah, I've, guy. Hobbit kind of looking yeah. guy. I've seen him in other stuff too, but I couldn't figure out from what. Well, but. there was also um, Miss Carmody, Carmody, uh, who is Marissa Gay Harden, yeah, who she, is an amazing actress. She's actually in a lot of stuff. I think she also stuff, was on yeah. The Walking Dead, but. Um, my favorite character of hers, I think, was Agent Star something in SVU. 
Anyway. (laughs) You like all that SVU, NCIS, and everything else kind of thing. So there's lots of actors that are in um, lots of stuff. Mm -hmm. But 2007, so they hadn't uh, really done a lot yet. Like, I think, like, one of the, like, the girl that played the cashier apparently has her own show now. Oh, the younger girl? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what show, but. Sally or whatever? Was it Sally? Sally. Her name name? is Alexa Davalos or something. Davalos. And then you know who else is in it? Who? Norm. Oh, right. The Shermanator. The Shermanator. <laughs> He's like, yeah, he actually, I feel like was playing a bit like normally he plays the nerdy dude with the, the, the braces and whatever. Well, he, he, this, he was still bag boy, but I mean, you know, he was. He uh, plays that awkward teen. Yeah, yeah. But he had a little, he was a little bit more balls in this movie. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> so while they're in the, um, while they're in the store, this earthquake happens. Right now, I was wondering is that must be really out of place because earthquakes in Maine, like that doesn't normally happen, right? Does it? Which is why everybody was like, oh, "What the fuck do I do?" How do they even know what an earthquake? Well, it remi- well because it's an earthquake. The earth is quaking. <laughs> <laughs> but it reminded me of that video you showed me about the people who were. Pre- supposedly in an earthquake but really they're just shaking the tables oh, yeah that's so stupid there's so many of those dumb videos on the internet where they're like supposed to be real but they're not and like once you watch it and like really pay attention you're like wait a minute this is totally <laughs> fake what am i watching here hey, but after the earthquake stops okay so we uh that uh, sorry i wanted to point out that miss carmody that melissa gay harden character she is like a religious zealot like she is all oh, church all sure. the time <laughs> i wrote down has in to my do with churchy churchy mcchurchington i wrote down in my notes which i actually took notes this time crazy christian that's how i <laughs> <laughs> that's how christian. i put it down <laughs> crazy christian well um, we'll get to the tentacle norm later on because <laughs> uh we had some tentacle norm some not tentacle, tentacle porn norm, but y'all. tentacle norm <laughs> all right so um after the earthquake this man starts shrieking and running towards the store mm-hmm. and that is dan miller mm-hmm. and he is played by jeffrey demun who mm-hmm. is also in the walking dead who is also in a lot of yeah. movies there's like the air raid siren yeah going there's an off. air raid siren and then there's guys coming he's like there's something in the mist yeah they took john lee he's talking <laughs> who's john lee i don't know they took john lee his bl- blood is coming he's covered down in his blood like, and so he runs in the store and they close the door mm-hmm. and everybody's panicked <laughs> yeah well of course i mean think about it like you live in this little small town you're all here just like the power went out and the one thing about this grocery store which i don't know if it's true for all grocery stores but the front of this entire grocery store is all like glass window. So nothing you know is really going to keep anything out. That used to because here um, in South Central, there used to be a grocery store. Now it's Ralph's, but it used to be the boys before the riots. And then it had to be redone because of the riots. And then it was the it was Ralph's. Mm-hmm. But the whole front used to be glass. Yeah, that's crazy. Because like most of them, yeah, okay, the front doors or that little section, I can understand. But this was like the whole front wall was all glass. Yeah, so from what I think I saw was that it came, that is what inspired King to write this because he, there was like some thunderstorm or something and then he went to the market and saw that it oh, was, the, he yeah. went to an actual store. And he was store wondering, like- <laughs> yeah, he was wondering what would happen if like, giant bugs hit it uh oh very for, okay all right yeah, all right yeah, okay yeah. all right so um now this is where 
um, Carol's character comes in. She's like, I need to go outside. Carol. Oh, that's the. Uh, yeah. What's her name? Her name is woman with, kids, woman at with kids at home. And she says, I can't stay here. I have kids at home. <laughs> I have kids at home. Who's going to walk me? Which one of you gentlemen? And nobody wanted to walk yeah. her home. Now, what did you think about that? Like the way I looked at it was like, you're an irresponsible lady who left your eight year old child babysitting your younger child at home to run to the grocery store. Maybe. Okay. She's in a fucked up situation. She had no other choice, but then she's trying to put the guilt on the men. Like which one of you men are going to be my Prince charming and, and walk me home. Well, it's like, hello, there's a fucking there's two, crazy thing going on. Outside. There's two things. One, I understand having to leave your kids at home to run to the store. I totally understand that. Um, I, as I mentioned, all the time, single mom, 18 years now. But did you ever leave your eight-year-old? Like, did, did you ever do? Did you ever do that? Uh, leave my eight-year-old at home with my six-year-old. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, to run to the store, but the store was like two blocks away. Well, that's what her scenario you know? was, and that so. was her scenario was, and it's not like um, at that that time I was living in a back house. So I knew somebody was in the front house. Okay. So maybe she had a similar situation. Like there was nobody li- like physically in the home, but yeah. somebody was yeah. on the property who knew the kids were there. Sure. You know? uh, either way, it's a and tough it scenario. There could have been lots of different scenario. things. It could also be like, you know, somebody was outside, you know, maybe the neighbor was watching them, you know, like checking yeah. in on them kind of thing. Well, There's lots of different things. It doesn't, isn't always irresponsible parents. Sure. I guess I should re, I should at least take that, take back that into consideration because I'm not necessarily a full blown parent and right. therefore I don't, and I've never been through the stages of like six or two or eight or year mm-hmm. old. So I don't that know. Being that being said, mm-hmm. as when I was seven, I was already babysitting my yeah. younger cousins. Yeah. My mom was like that too. She was at, at you know, eight, nine, ten years old having to take care of her little sister and little yeah. brother and nobody else was home. So I, I understand. I understand. I guess that's what I mean. I, and I my was, brother and I stayed at home all the time when we were by, like when we were young, like yeah. by ourselves. I'm judging that woman and her problems and her life too harshly. So I she believe came to you the are, store. but the whole guilting part. I understand. Yeah, like, don't do that. But she's, she's look, also panicking herself. She looks at the main character. What's his name again? David. David. Yeah. And he's like, I got my own kid to worry about, lady. Like Jesus Christ, yeah, don't look at me. Because his wimpy ass Billy kid, yeah. kid Billy, is crying the whole movie. Yeah, I didn't like his son. I like that he was compassionate for his son, but his son was like a dead weight. I liked. That he had his son with him. I liked more that when he said, I'm going to the store, he wasn't like, I'm going to the store by myself. He's like, just get him dressed and I'll take him with me to the store. Sure. Yeah. That's parenting. Yeah, right he there. Was seemed to be a good parent. But his child was also very much like a fucking pussy. And in that scenario, but was if, not helping out If he out stayed whatsoever. at home, if, so, he, well, yeah, if he, he had stayed dead. at home, it would have been a movie about his mom and him surviving. Okay. I don't know. You're right. You're right. Whatever. I just, you know, again, the kid was like, because some kids at that age are very heroic. They want to be superheroes. They try to do. That's not true. (laughs) And Um, that might have also caused a death. But I don't know. I'm just saying like he was more of like, instead of like, I'm going to get you. (laughs) I think that only happens in um, what is that show? Kick-Ass. In that movie, Kick-Ass. I think that only happens there. No, that's but not children, true. But children are children. Tr- and yeah, some of, but that, okay, 
the same fight, flight, or fear thing that we come across every mm-hmm. episode. Sure. It's also in children because yes. it's innate. Yes. And there's some that will fight. And this kid was a, a flight for sure. Or fright. He was fright. He was freeze. Yeah, he was freeze yeah. and fright. And, and that's okay because everybody's built differently. However, I didn't mind that he was there. What I did mind is that that, that cult lady. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, let's put. All right. So anyway, uh, we'll get we'll get there. So they're stuck in this now. Okay, so now she leaves and yes. walks into the mist, and we don't know what happens to her. Right, this is the it's like the grocery store lockdown. Nobody it's is chopping supposed to be mall leaving without the X rate, without the X rated <laughs> yeah. scenes. <laughs> they they basically said, "Look, we're gonna try to stay here because we don't want anybody to go out in the mist because we don't know what's happening out there." And this one lady basically said, "You know, like we explained, she's got to go because her kids are at home." So. They so wa- laid the her go and, you know, whatever. I They're like, c'est la vie. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> after that, they kind of are looking around like, all right, well, we're going to be stuck here in this grocery store for a little while. Right. We so got to kind of make a game resources, plan. Right. Mm-hmm. They try to pull resources and they're trying to figure out things and mostly just calm each other down. Aisle three. Yeah. Aisle three was medical supplies. Medical supplies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, so then David is trying to find a blanket for his son. Ollie, the assistant manager, tells him there's someone on Lodi Dock. I'm going to continue to check mm-hmm. on other people. Yes. So he goes into the back part of the grocery store and goes onto the um, where the generators are. I notice that they're smoking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the generators are, are smoking up the, the place. So he turns them off and then yeah. you hear some rattling sounds. Yeah. And the rattling sounds is like something pushing Banging against on the, the loading dock the loaded, door. Yeah, it's, which is yeah. the garage-style the roll-up door. Roll up door. Yeah. yeah. And so he's freaked out. He goes out of there and then he runs into some guys. And the do- guys are Myron, who's like, you know, the local gas station yeah, attendant. Yeah, the local hillbillies, um, basically. <laughs> the local they're, hillbillies. Not, they're the hillbillies of Maine, you know? Yeah. And then Jim, who's like the mechanic who uh, who is resentful of David for having gone to college because he tells him, like, I don't believe you... With your, co- I don't want any college guy being afraid for me to not mm-hmm. be able to survive or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um. And then Ollie, who's the assistant manager, who's mm-hmm. like, I love Ollie. He is the superhero of this movie. Yeah. Like, he is in some ways. Like, yes. Yeah. The lead character shouldn't have been David. It should have, it should been, have been Ollie because Ollie. <laughs> Ollie kicked so much ass. He did. He did. Yeah. Uh, looking like a little garden gnome, like so <laughs> adorable. But anyway. So this is uh so then also who else is introduced into this particular scene is Mr. Norm, our bag boy, the Shermanator. The Shermanator. So they all go back because basically they say, "Look, man, we don't believe you. You're talking about oh, hearing he, some yeah, bullshit." Oh, because he's saying, "Did you guys hear that?" Yeah, and they're like, "No, we didn't hear anything." And then so the mechanic guy or whatever, they're like, "Look, we'll all go there together. Let's go check it out." So they all go back there and they're just like, see, I don't hear nothing. And Everything's then, fine. Yeah. And in trying to turn on the generator, they, they see that something must be clogging the exhaust mm-hmm. because yeah. all the smoke is it's coming into, into yeah. the yeah. And so Norm is like, well, I'll just go out there yeah. and, and unclog whatever is mm-hmm. blocking it. Yeah, and yeah. David is telling them, don't fucking go. There's something out there. And that's where they kind of gang up on him. And Norm's like, I'm going out there, you fucking pussy. Yeah. Although and if they in reality, if you didn't know that there was something waiting for you, that really was a good idea. You know, the guy was like, hey, look, you just well, powered up a little about, bit for me to get out there. How about this? Okay. The f- simple fact that somebody says there's something in the mist, the mist is not letting up, 
And somebody says they heard something exactly out on the opposite side of the door that you're going to open up. Not only that, when they do open the door a little bit, the mist doesn't even come inside. Mm. It stays I outside. I talk about that. But before I talk about that, I would be that guy in real life. If we were right now in that scenario. And you know scenario, what would happen to you? Tentacle norm. <laughs> Tentacle norm, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, in reality, if you didn't believe or know that any other crazy shit was going to happen, that was a decent idea. How about idea. just investigate? How about open it a little bit, and then put your in. flashlight sure, out and sure. check it out, throw something out there to make sound? Because it's not like David is the crazy person. He's a sound member of society. Mm -hmm. And he's saying there's something on the other side of the door and you're immediately dismissing it dismissing without it. one yeah. letting, like hearing what he has to say about it or describing it or they're just automatically, sh I heard something, mm -hmm. no you didn't. You know, <laughs> like no, that you would have approached it a little bit differently. I think you yeah, would have at least yeah, have yeah, been cautious yeah. about it. Sure. But these guys are like, nah, just open the door, I'll run out there. <laughs> now that, thing that i wanted to get into about the mist that i read on was that in order to do that that was all science they basically had to control they was like the pressure on both sides the pressure and yeah. humidity and temperature they basically controlled the temperature and everything so that it would keep that mist at bay while they opened the door and it didn't spill out until they wanted it to okay so, which is pretty ingenious which, yes but also proves my point. Like mist would have normally have come into at least the threshold. Right. And it would you'd be like, oh, it's acting like normal mist. Not like it opens and it looks like, you know, cake frosting on one side and then it's just normal air on the other. But we could get into a debate about that when we find out about later events. Like why did the mist act that way? Was it some supernatural other beyond dimensional well, mist or was it just like what? Like so... So then Norm was like, I'm going to go out there. But he noticed, they noticed that there's something moving out there. And that's mm -hmm. where this penis tentacle. Yep. This is where the tentacle porn, I mean, tentacle Norm. But this <laughs> tentacle looked like penis. Yeah, it did. When it, like, it, it looked like a penis and it came out and it, and it opens up kind of like a king yeah. cobra. <laughs> yeah. And it looks like the inside of a fig yeah. when you open it up, but dark. And it grabs Norm. Yep. Which is why I wrote Tentacle Norm. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it grabs Norm and the only t only person trying to help him, even though everybody else was ganging up on David, even mm -hmm. Norm, um, David's David. the only one trying to help yeah. him. And he's trying to pull him back and the tentacles are pulling him yeah. in and other tentacles are coming in trying to grab the other guys. Yeah. It was almost like an octopus where like the tentacles had, it wasn't suction, suction cups, but they were, they were like, spi yeah, yeah, kind and, of like, like tarantula legs mm -hmm. kind of things. Yeah. Um, it was like tearing pieces out of yeah, his, tearing uh, pieces yeah. Off of him. yeah. Now we that found out, gross. well, we have found out that Greg Nicotero was uh, part of the Which uh, makes special sense effects that it, team. it was so yeah. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then Ollie finally gets, you know, he he snaps out of the shock um, and starts helping him. But the other two guys don't do jack Nothing. shit. Nothing. They just sit there like pussies. Like, they're just like, Argh. Eventually, the tentacles take Norm, but uh, and they manage to close the door, but not before David hacks off with uh, the fire axe that was yeah. in there, hacks off part of the tentacle. Which I thought they should have started doing earlier on, but I know it's a panic mode and whatever. Event when also, he did nobody else knew it was there except for Ollie because Ollie worked well, but there. Right, but when Ollie did get it and then for some reason it got knocked out of whoever's hands it was in, it laid on the ground before well, somebody picked it up right away. Norm in. 
There was two battles. I one know, was. Am I being the, too critical about I that? I think so. Okay. Uh, keeping the keeping the tentacles at bay, but the other one was also keeping Norm there sure, with sure. you. You know. Meanwhile, the other guys didn't do a they goddamn didn't do thing. Anything, yeah. So. When they did cut off the tentacle, I was happy, though. Yeah. Like, I was happy that there was a piece left behind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then that's when Dave is telling Jim and um, Jim and Myron, like, you guys you killed that, that kid. You let that kid die. Yeah, yeah that's your and, fault. And, he's, and they were, and they were, um, and then uh, that's when Jim was like, well, why didn't you explain it better, the noise you heard? <laughs> what do you mean explain it better? And like, bitch, you didn't let me fucking you talk. You told me you didn't, can't understand my college degree. You want me to fucking <laughs> dumb it down even more? What the fuck? So that's when um, I think David punches him in the face or something. I think so, yeah. And and then he's like, you guys let him die. And they're like, well, he uh, he he um, he offered going. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't make him do it. And he's like, he's a kid. I expect him to be stupid. Right. You guys are adults. And that right there. I greatly appreciate. Did you? Yes, you expect kids to be dumb, like to do make decisions that are not based on any kind of reasoning, just to go off of just bam, this is what I want to do because their prefrontal cortex isn't fully developed yet. <laughs> but okay, but an adult should have known better than to put sure. a kid in peril. Sure, because he was a bag boy, but he keyword there, boy. Yeah, I know. He wasn't but the he bag volunteered. Man. He volunteered. He wasn't the bag man. No, but he probably was nimble and volunteered and made sense. Whatever. I get what you're saying though. Now there's an, another part that they're gonna basically discuss here real quick is that they don't want they should not they they sort of agree or maybe disagree, but to not tell anybody else about what they saw yet. Because they ha- they want to try to figure out how to how to share it with everybody. Um because on their on um David's way into the loading dock, he saw that the neighbor guy, Norton, was getting a group of people together and saying, okay, how do mm-hmm. we how do we go for help kind of thing. So he knew that people were planning on heading out to the um into the mist. Yeah. Yeah. And they they basically want to they don't want, they don't want people to panic, but they also don't want people to like not believe them because essentially they're like, right. who's going to fucking so believe what of we course just they did the, the rational thing and they grabbed the tentacle and took it out to everybody to say, hey, this is what's out there. Well, they just d- kidding. No, they, they fucking didn't. did not. They did the exact opposite. <laughs> oh, they so did the stupidest thing. They said, oh, let me go take the obviously aggressive uh, Norton neighbor guy who doesn't like anybody and be like, hey, you let me tell you individually this yeah. is what's happening so this guy norton was like your hicks are trying to like to make me look dumb me, yeah what do you think i'm stupid yeah like, that's what i mean I, i'm so glad you brought that up i was like why didn't you just fucking bring the goddamn tentacle and just well so he doesn't believe them um the entire group because he thinks that the quote-unquote hicks are trying to um play a trick on him yeah well um, and he even says you guys are trying to play a trick on me while we're dealing with an actual situation here yeah. now in his defense who's the black guy uh, norton. norton yeah in his defense he is an out-of-towner so mm-hmm. he has to be a little bit on his toes he can't he's just also be a person of color and he's in a, yes, predominantly, a, white, color in a yep. predominantly white area maine of all places that's the north of, of the north and he's already had issues with the people in the area mm-hmm. sure so that so part why of go to that one person that you know is like oh i don't know it's just some people just are oblivious are you to, talking about why did the main character david go to him yeah so my my thoughts are why would you go to somebody who obviously 
wouldn't be the easier way. Like you, you have to be like water in these scenarios. It's all about how you interact with people. Mm. You have to be like water. Path of least resistance. Okay, Bruce Lee. Does he say that? Yeah, yeah. Bruce Lee. He's all about be the water. Mm, I yeah. like Bruce Lee. Yes, me with too. No shirt specifically. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have a poster to of him specific. in my bedroom when I was a kid from the Enter the Dragon. I had a shirt days. of of Bruce Lee uh, entered Enter the Dragon, and I handed that down to my daughter, who then handed it down to my son, and now it's too small for anybody in our household. Maybe the cat can wear it. <laughs> I think one of the first movies I ever saw with boobs in it was. Uh, Bruce Lee's Chinese connection. <laughs> I think he told me that. Yeah, it was called Fist of Fury where I saw it because it was I they they botched up the names when it was like Europe and America, but I saw it in London. So the European version that I saw was called Fist of Fury, <laughs> and uh, they had this nice little scene where she shakes her chichis and chichis. <laughs> you guys say chichis? I thought only no. our culture said chichis. I think only your culture says it. I How just, do you say it? Uh, well, how come you say it? I said it because I'm. Like talking to you, and it just came I, out like I that. I don't call them chichis, though. I know you don't, but I just figured it's like spicy Latina chichis, even though she I was an Asian. I call them bazungas. <laughs> bazungas. <laughs> That's from, uh, what's it called? Uh, what's his name? K- K- uh, Encino Man. Bazungas. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Fraser. Is it Brendan Fraser? Yeah. yeah. Brendan yeah. Fraser's Encino Man. Who was Polly Shore? He played something. Like, oh, Biodome. Biodome. Yeah. Polly hey, Shore was buddy. a. Hey, buddy. I love Polly Short. Very specific time frame. I love that he owns the, the comedy store. And I like some of his <laughs> movies, but I don't really like him outside of those parameters. Yeah. He was a guest on Kill Tony just recently. Oh, really? Yeah. I know we don't really talk a whole lot about that these days because yeah. they moved. But uh, he I know. was a there guest. There goes our Monday nights. He was a guest on Kill Tony with Josh Martin, who used oh, really? to be the producer. The two of them were Monday night guests in Austin, Texas. Yeah. Anywho, <laughs> okay, so back to the beat. Saying? Well, we um, were talking oh, about them coming out so, and talking to yeah. uh, the, the Norton. Norton. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Norton's like, you can't fool me. Yeah. So they, it caused a huge fight, and then the actual manager comes and he's like, "Oh, you guys are drinking. You guys, this is yeah, obviously drinking stuff." Right. But that's because they came. Uh, the guys that had gone to the loading dock and witnessed all that, they cracked a beer as soon as they to calm their nerves or something. So the manager was like, I don't believe you guys. You guys are being dumb. And then a bunch of other tough guys were like, yeah, this is stupid. And they go into the loading dock and they see the tentacle there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. one guy pokes it and immediately turns black and, like and then fizzles and then becomes like liquid. Yeah. And so I'm like, see, you should have just fucking got it. Showed it to yeah. everybody. But they didn't want to cause a ruckus. Remember, they were saying like, we shouldn't tell everybody yet. Let's just wait it out. Although I think they should have yeah. shown it to so everybody. So wrap it up. And go and be like, flash party. Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, check this out. I did like that they went to the beer aisle because in the beginning when they said aisle three, medical thing, I was like, also, where's alcohol? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's what I was thinking. So if I would have been one of those guys and I lived through that, although I wouldn't have been the pussy sitting on the side, like not doing shit. But I probably would have gotten a beer. Yeah, you'd have been outdoors. like, you guys don't have any IPA. <laughs> <laughs> what is this East Coast bullshit up in Maine? No IPAs. <laughs> Ipa, Ipa. Andale, <laughs> andale. <laughs> um, okay. So now everybody's on the same page. They know there's something out there mm-hmm. that's bad. So they know they have to stay inside. Mm-hmm. But we're about. This is again according to my notes. This is when. The crazy Christian lady decides to start spewing off her. Yeah, 
she starts saying Fucking that madness. it's like some kind of end of days thing, mm-hmm. and then she starts like having these premonitions not pre- not premonitions, but like saying these things are going to happen. It's the plague of whatever, and so oddly enough, I want to say my line. Oh, say your line. The end of days is coming. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yes, the end of days lady, crazy Christian lady. She's all like trying to justify everything that's going on with the Bible and everything. And uh, yeah, so while everybody else is barricading those big ass windows with dog food because mm-hmm. that's the best they can do, she's there saying, um, you know, this is God and it's because you guys did, you guys mm-hmm. are sinners. She's, yeah, she's and like blaming everybody. Blaming everybody. Yeah. Not herself, just everybody else. Yeah. Meanwhile, Norton takes a few, a, a small group of people and decides, I'm going to leave. Mm-hmm. The whole place is divided at this point. Yeah. You've got the crazy Christian lady with some of her like people that well, might be believing. Yet. Not yet, but I mean, it's starting to happen. And then you've got Norton. So the divide is really Norton and his people who are like, um, I think we're a little bit more logical. Which is interesting, though, because Norton, it was Norton who's black um, and then a few other people of color. Mm-hmm. And it's like, OK, well, just get all the minorities out of the store. But and that's, that's what essentially would, what it happen. was. And that is what would happen, because yeah. for for a person of color growing up in America, yeah. even though I'm a citizen and I was born in this country, I've experienced so much racism. Of course I'm going to go with other brown folk. Yeah. I mean, you saw old man Samson back there. Of course he's going to follow uh, Mr. Hotshot Lawyer <laughs> wherever he goes. He I reminds mean. me of Hooper from Hooper Store um, back on Sesame Street days. Um, so, um, I heard so, yeah, that off topic. I heard that Sesame Street's finally going to introduce a homeless character. And then somebody was was like, that's what somebody said. Oscar the Grouch has been living in a trash can for 17 (laughs) years or whatever the fuck it is. 15, 20, 40 years or whatever. How long is Sesame Street? 15, 20, 40 years. That's so long. Sesame Street has been around. No, I said 17, (laughs) but then all of a sudden I realized that factually that's got to be wrong because I watched Sesame Street and I just turned 40. So happy birthday. No, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I was a distinguished 40 now. Just going for that salt and pepper look. All right. Well, they're not here today. No, I know. <laughs> uh, salt and pepper in here. We in effect more meat. So what I was saying was, yes, they are starting to get divided. No, and- you were saying Sesame Street had a oh. homeless character. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I read shit on the internet, and sometimes I don't know how true it is, but. Apparently, Sesame Street is supposedly introducing some sort of homeless character, and somebody was like, "Yo, but Oscar the Grouch has been homeless forever." You just said so, that. Did right. you forget? I didn't forget. I'm just reiterating it. We can, <laughs> we can cut it if need be. Now, all right. All right. So, excuse me while I adjust on my creaky chair. Okay. So he takes. Um, so Norton wants to take his group of people. That's when David gives him a 300-yard rope and says, can you at least take this out there? Because he wants to figure out how far people can get because he knows very well where his car is. Mm-hmm. He knows it's X amount of distance away. Um, Did somebody so, else leave before this so, already or no? Well, yeah, the lady, the lady with the kids. But no, but, but she didn't, they didn't see any they, they They don't know what happened with her, right. so they don't, they don't have that experience yet. So um, Norton's like, no, I'm not holding on the rope for mm-hmm. you, whatever. So this other biker dude is like, look, Oh, because they ask who has a gun. The Andrea character has a gun. Andrea from The Walking Dead character. What is her name in this movie? I don't know. Her name Blondie. is Amanda. Blondie McBlondington. Amanda. She um she has a gun. Her husband had her have a gun. So she has a uh, she has a, a, a six, six shooter. shooter with two uh 
rounds. Two rounds. So she has Meaning 12 bullets. 12 bullets, yes. So she's like, I have a, I have this. And then some guy goes, I have a shotgun in my car, mm-hmm. but it's out there. Yeah. And so, so the guy said, the spiker guy's like, I'll just go get it. We could use that. I'll hold the rope. Yeah. All right. And so they tie a rope to his belt loop. And then um, they, they, they lead it out a little bit. And he goes out to go get the car. However, I mean, they, they go get the shotgun. However... The um, and at the same time, the other group leaves too, group leaves, so they kind of yeah. go two separate ways. So yeah. you've got Mr. Brent, whatever his name is, lawyer dude, taking his crew that way, and biker dude going to the right or sort of whatever the to way. the yeah. uh, to the car with the gun or the truck with the gun or whatever. And but yeah, so they it, they notice that it's walking, everything's going, then suddenly it stops mm-hmm. and it drops. The yeah. rope drops. Yeah, it gets a little tight. And then it, it starts getting a little tug, and mm-hmm. they're like, oh shit, pull him in. And they're pulling him in and pulling him in, and suddenly it's bloody. The rope is the rope bloody. Is bloody, and you see And then you half hear this scream, being... and you see so, the, out of the mist comes just his bottom half. Yeah, just from the torso down. The rope is still around his like waist, and they're yeah. just dragging in a half a torso. And people are like, oh, shit, lock the door. It's shit's real, like, whatever. But Brent and his crew, we didn't hear any screams from their side. Yeah, no idea so, what happened. Yeah, we don't know. And uh, we'll get back to that because I noticed something in that as well. So at this point, we're starting to get around to where now they realize. So I wrote Big Knife. That's the next note I have. Oh, here. yeah, because because when they were the biker guy was heading out to get the shotgun. Oh, right. Uh, Ollie offers Ollie's him like this an, like yeah. little steak knife and the guy like, like pulls out this a big Rambo old, knife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not a knife. This <laughs> yeah. is a knife. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's that makes sense. So now that guy's dead. They pull the they close the doors. And this this is where shit starts to get fucking a little crazy this is where it starts to get crazy well this is where these new giant bugs not well yeah okay so this is where um that crazy church lady is like oh you know we need to offer blood that was our sacrifice for today or whatever the hell i don't know and she starts starting with her crazy shit and she's like they're gonna they're scorpions coming out of the mist and they're gonna come at night for us Mm-hmm. We have to sacrifice somebody to yeah. them. Yeah. And so, you know, everybody's kind of, oh, and so everybody's kind of hunkering down for the night. Somebody's making fried chicken. Everybody's starting to eat. There's some people watching, uh, standing guard. And <laughs> and then as somebody's trying to eat their chicken while looking through the bags of dog food in this little hole they, they made so that they can look, they notice these bugs start landing on the window window. not landing but like with a thud like they're big i don't know hamster sized bugs bigger than that but did you notice the guy eating chicken did you think that he was like trying to like hide and eat it away from everybody else no i think he was trying to look out the window while trying to eat like he was supposed to be on guard oh okay i kind of took it and i could be totally wrong but i took it as like he was like i'm gonna get my somebody very well like served him a plate of chicken it was like a paper plate serving of chicken (laughs) i don't know so i was like oh he's just eating the food that they already mentioned that they were gonna eat that they Uh, were making i get it i get it i'm just saying in that moment i thought that he was sort of like trying to hide from everybody and eat his little they're in a grocery store i'm sure nobody (laughs) there is trying to ration food at the moment (laughs) okay yeah it makes sense um so now this is the when so we these bugs start are to landing. see these giant, yeah, bugs. I think they're locusts or whatever. I don't but know, but they huge. look like bees with like scorpions. They're stingers. huge. They're like, not hamster size. They're like this big. 
Okay, and for the, our audience who doesn't see that us. That is, I would say, a foot long, $5 foot long. long. At least two feet long. That's not two feet. 12 inches, that's two feet. Two feet. I would say they're between a foot and a half to two okay. feet. So these things, I'm tell, I'm thinking, and you heard me yell at the screen, turn off your lights mm -hmm. because it seems that they're coming towards the window yeah. because there's light and there's yep. no light on the outside. Yep. But instead, they put more window, the more lights out to the mm -hmm. window because they want to see what's happening. Yep. And now we have another creature showing up, which is some sort of like predatory creature. I don't know what it was. It, it was looked like, half It looked like pterodactyl. a pterodactyl. Yes, half pterodactyl, half, I don't know. And it's eating those little scorpion else. bumblebees mm -hmm. or whatever they are. And they are all so cute because they all have smiles on their faces, the yeah. little bugs. All the bugs and all the rest of the like bad guys from here on out seem to all have like smiles on their face. But the giant pterodactyls start slamming into the glass. Yeah, but and to get those bugs. To get the bugs, right. But but Because they the don't know that time, there's people inside. Breaking the glass, which is causing the bugs and the pterodactyls to get in. Yeah, so a lot of things are happening. Everybody's getting attacked. Sally ends up getting stung by one of those, and mm -hmm. her face like, and neck swells up really mm -hmm. bad. Um, And the church lady, what's her name, Miss Carmody, she... Um, gets like one of those bugs lands on her and she starts like reciting the um, yes, the Lord's sort of prayer verses. or whatever it is um, and it She's leaves like, her alone but like that's what you're supposed to do when a bug lands on you you're supposed to stand I get, still I feel that it renewed her faith though because she was like if it's my time take me now and the bug was like no thanks i'll leave you be and she was like this means i am saved like she, maybe I feel she like just it really... smelled bad because she was <laughs> sitting on the bathroom floor praying in front of a candle at one point now i have a note here that i wrote down about sally getting bit and i only wanted to bring this up because i know i'm super technical and all that but the one thing i noticed um was that she gets bit technically on the left side of her neck but when they when they show the scene with uh, her and uh, Mr. Uh, um, Butchin, yeah, Mr. Butchin, um, her whole right side is is actually swelling up, and it almost looks like the bite mark is there. Now that might have I don't know if I'm just reading too much into it, but I definitely noted that down because yeah, I was like, I noticed mm, that too. Might have been a I, I flaw. That, yeah, I noticed that too. I thought that maybe she. It was biting her, but then I realized that they had stingers. So I was wondering if it latched onto her here, but the stinger maybe went on the yeah. other side eh. or whatever. But it, she looked really funny. Yeah, she was like <laughs> you know blowing she up like, a little bit. And... She looked like Gwyneth Paltrow in Shallow Howl. <laughs> like <laughs> that's a good the neck. Yes, you know what a, I mean? I know exactly what you mean. That's a great description. Yeah, so that's what she looked like, but veiny. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, um, so... And those two were just making out not too bef uh, long before that. They were about to have butt-chin babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the butt-chinians. Yeah. Um, so finally, here's... So they're they're fighting them off. Somebody catches the store on fire. Um, and this guy ends up himself catching on fire. They do start to... Um, right. Fight them off and, and kill them. Um, at one point, stupid Billy almost gets killed eaten by one because he's not staying put where he was supposed to be with somebody who was supposed to take care of him. Mm -hmm. um, but can and, we talk about Ollie the catching? Can we talk about the catching on fire bit uh -huh. real quick? The, that's because the their idea was take the mops, soak them in lighter, lighter fluid. fluid, and then... 
they can use them as torches, which is not a bad idea. However, yeah, it's a horrible idea. What are you talking about? A mop? The mops like the yeah, it the, does drip the, a lot. Mop part, it yeah. drips, but also is a lot of it. Like if it was going to yeah. be a torch, they needed to secure it around the the handle. Correct, correct. Yeah, and so that's why they ended up with this big mess because the guy basically pulls this giant mop out and tries to use it as a torch, but he like slips and knocks over the the, the lighter fluid, the lighter and, fluid. The and the torch and catches half yeah, the store. Yeah, now fire. Ha- the store is just burning. It's it's crazy. Then they just then they ask where the extinguishers are. If you knew you were gonna be playing with fire, get the extinguishers <laughs> lined first, up. Right? Yeah. Oh, um, aisle six. Um, <laughs> aisle three. Oh, I don't know where the extinguishers are. But. but um, but so so they finally fight some off. However, this guy is on fire. The next day, um, the is guy. It the next day. No, I don't, I don't. I don't care when it was. But the guy's on fire, <laughs> and and he's um, everybody's boarding uh, up the windows again. But this guy is in pain, and he's trying to have them kill him. Like he's like, I um, he's I want to die. Fucking hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's burned all over his body. There's no antibiotics for him, and there's like no. There's no way to clean the wounds, mm-hmm. and there's no way to keep them sterile, and there's no way to get him pain meds. Yeah. But there's a pharmacy next door, King's Pharmacy. King's Pharmacy. And they create a plan with a little old lady to go next door. Yeah, they're going to go try to stay close to the wall and get over to the pharmacy, break in so that they can get some like pain meds and other stuff or whatever they might need from there. At this point, Miss Carmody has followers already. She has a couple. Now, they got really religious at this point. I think that, in my opinion, when I was watching it in the beginning, I knew that she was the religious zealot, but I did not know they were going to lean into it this hard. At this point, it almost really becomes a, a like, a They call cult her movie. the Jim Jones. <laughs> like, they call her the Jim Jones of the grocery store, like, in the movie. In the movie, and yeah. And who was, who was that cult member? I mean, who was a cult, cult leader? Um, and he had, like, all his followers killed themselves like we can talk about this in another episode if you want to but and it was like brutal really horrible but um so david is saying hey i have a range rover i can fit eight people but um land rover oh sorry land rover i can fit eight people in in my car we can make a break for it and he's like but i first i let's do a trial run oh because specifically for for the religious zealot he's like oh you know um She's already getting some people on her side. Like it's about time. One at one point, she's gonna turn, and um, the Amanda character, she's like, "No, there's no way. Uh, people are in- inherently good," and uh, that's when Ollie was like, "No, that's why we have pol- uh, politi- mm-hmm. politicians and uh, and religion because yeah. people turn on each other." Yeah, and I'm like, "Yeah, I think I had you rewind it. Like that's exactly it." Yeah, like, absolutely. I'm not saying all people that are religious suck. But the institution of religion is not something that I follow because in my experience coming out as part of the alphabet mafia, let's say, um, <laughs> like coming out as that was so traumatic that religion cast me aside and threw me in the garbage, not once, but twice. Once when I came out to my family and another time in my adulthood when my mother, well, when my mother and her new husband both said they would stop praying for me if I continue to date women. Who does that? Therefore, religion and me, not so good. Mm-hmm. However, I follow in my own in my own beliefs and, you know, whatever. That's neither here nor there. The institution is what the problem is. Yeah. You know, and because that, it creates oppression. Mm-hmm. And the simple fact, like even now, today, 
there's so much division in our country because everybody thinks we need to be a Christian country when most of the country is not Christian. Anyway, I agree. That's I, I a agree. sore I mean, spot for me. Yeah. But so they they decide that they're gonna go out and it's they they go out with the little old lady because she knows where the burn cream is at the yeah. pharmacy. But so, they don't want to let them out even at first. The no. religious people are like, no, we're gonna stop you from leaving, don't they? Yeah. Right? Like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because they didn't, yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, so they get to the pharmacy and they find that it's open and it's covered in cobwebs. But it's, they don't notice that right away. No, they don't. Instead, they just <laughs> grab all of the, um, they grab the cream that they need, grab antibiotics, they grab painkillers, they put them in bags and they start trying to head out. And that's where they notice a guy is yeah. actually wrapped up in spider webs on a support beam mm-hmm. on, or a, on a wall or something. In my notes, I wrote RX spiders. Yes. Yeah. RX Queen is a Deftones song. And I just wrote RX Spiders because that's about spiders. what's going to happen. Yeah. And so, like, there's a, a I hand. I spiders. There's a hand or something that grabs somebody, and he's like, they realize there's some guy, like, wrapped up in a fucking spider web, all fucking whatever, stuck against the wall. And it turns out that guy was actually the military police guy that was earlier on in the beginning of the movie when the air raid Wrangling was happening. Wrangling up all of the. Yeah. Um, all of the military personnel he's just like yeah he's like hanging but he's like stuck in a web and he's you know not fully dead or whatever and they just uh actually he this is where okay i think this is where they start to get that a little bit of information about it being some sort of thing called project arrowhead and that this was some other interdimensional thing Mm -mm. no no this is where the the um the MP guy goes and says, "I'm sorry, we caused this." But then they start getting attacked by sorry by a bunch of spiders, and it's a great scene. <laughs> Ollie is like a sharpshooter with that gun. Yeah, like I'm telling you, he's the hero of this movie. Ollie is. As long as you don't have arachnophobia, because there's a lot of spiders in this scene. <laughs> Absolutely, um, and they're not like normal spiders. They're like. Quick actin to actin, like super strong. They're mutated, but everything in this movie so far—the locusts, the whatever, the pterodactyl—everything is sort of mutated. So, so they eventually get out of there, but not without losing some one other person. And they get back to the, um, they go back to the grocery store, and that's when Miss Carmody was like, "Oh, okay, one person died. They've been the the God God has been appeased by this sacrifice." We will sleep well tonight. They won't bother us tonight. Right. And that's how she starts getting followers because everything that she's saying is starting to come true. Well, one of her followers is even the um, guy who was in the um, scene that where... Jim Nor- guy. Yeah, yeah, the mechanic guy he had gone. Yeah, he had gone into the pharmacy and didn't come back the same. Like, he quickly turned into one of her yeah. followers. Now, did you... I thought that maybe that was just his, like, defense mechanism. Like, you know what? I'll be on this side. Like, in other words, he didn't really care about the religious aspect of it. He just didn't want to die. So he's joining the side that seems stronger. That makes sense because that little old lady, when she uh, was going, she turned to him and said, hey, you, I taught you because she was a teacher, but she's like an older lady. So she's like, I taught you in school, right? Um, And he goes, you guys were like good for nothing or whatever. So you... You're coming mm-hmm. with us. Yeah. And so maybe he thought if he was in that group, you're absolutely right. That might be the case. Yeah. But also there is this thing that happens. It's called self-preservation. And you, it's not you. So some people 
will believe whatever they feel they need to believe to psychologically allow them to feel safer. So they will go into a place that for you and I rationally will not make sense just so that they feel safe about something. And I think that's what happened to him. He saw one scary scenario on the loading dock. He saw the scary scenario when the guy's torso didn't come back. And they saw the scary scenario in the pharmacy. pharmacy. So he's like, if if this is God, I'm sorry. I'm going to go and do whatever you need me to do. (laughs) I'm sorry, God. Mm -hmm, Right? And that happens. That happens. That's why right now during the pandemic, so many people that were quote unquote Christian started acting like assholes because they thought that that's what they needed to do. Yeah. Whatever. Like it's just it's just the self-preservation thing that happens um in addition to just being completely terrified. And it's just human nature. It's you're going to do what you think you can do to survive. And that's not always the correct thing. When I saw that scene and he did his little switch up, it reminded me of the classic Tupac album from 1995, All Eyes On Me. Brenda has a baby? No, 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 no. That's Tupac now, 1992 or 91 or whatever. I'm talking about All Eyes On Me, double platinum album, two disc album. And on that, there was a song um, that... Shit, it's all of a sudden uh, the name of it. Oh, um, he says DJ Quick made the beat. I think it was called Run the Streets. Either way, it has an excerpt, a little like a skit of Eddie Griffin, the comedian, doing like a thing. And he's doing this joke about like, I was like, I don't know, something about gangbanging. And he was like, well, whichever side was winning, that's my side. <laughs> and that's what I thought about with that yeah, guy Yeah, no, did that's that. exactly right. He was like, exactly oh, that's right. my side. I'm on them right now. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, and this is definitely what happens here. And the thing was, at the same time, and, and at this time, um, David had taken a nap. And at the, by this time, he has woken up. So yeah. he goes and he's like, what's going on here? Um, and they're, they're letting him update like, oh, she's got a lot more followers. Oh, the, you know, I haven't seen the military guys, whatever, right? Um, and he's like, we need to ask those military guys because how did how, how did they say that they were responsible? Yeah, right? Mr. Butchin and right. his two so homies. They grab the Butchin guy, and uh, which is one of the military guys because there was three in the store. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And they go into the loading dock because they're looking for the other guys. They couldn't find them. So they thought, okay, they'll be in the loading guys. And they were. They had hung themselves. And yep. that's when the um and that's when the uh Butchin guy, the military guy, says Project Arrowhead. That's okay, yes, you're right. That's when it happens. And Project Arrowhead apparently um is a military base up in the mountains that um had the scientists had a project where they were uh looking to up- uncover other dimensions and create kind of like a portal, like a window to it. Yes. And um and that was happening at the base, but something happened. Something like cracked it. And uh, my thoughts are that was that earthquake. Mm, okay. Right? Or or that mist started seeping out because there was a crack and then the earthquake was it opening up. That's what my thoughts were yeah, anyway. The earthquake it definitely happened after the events had started. Yeah, because the mist sure. was already was already um, you know, after the after the storm. Mm, right. The storm well, so imagine this. Let's let's say that it was such a storm that even up in the mountains and it completely took them off the grid because they lost all power in the entire town. So it completely took them off the grid. Even the generators wouldn't start. And the other dimension started to seep in with the mist, right? But then as that was happening, 
um, there was that earthquake, or maybe this the earthquake was caused by all these different interdimensional creatures trying to get Climb, out. Yeah, and then it exploded into all the chaos that we are seeing now. Sure, is my theory. Okay, but it's a fun theory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but at this point, Jim, the guy that suddenly became religious, he heard that, and so he grabs this guy. I think his name was Jessup, the butt chin military guy. <laughs> uh, he grabs him and he starts throwing him to the wolves of the Christian lady, like. He's it's, the one that's doing this, and and she's blaming him, blaming him, and and she's preaching and and being very Jim Jonesy. Yeah, and it's pretty brutal. The butcher from the market stabs him repeatedly. Straight up, yeah, he just brings that knife and boom. And nobody right in the can do anything stuff. because all of these religious zealots have lost their damned mind, mm-hmm. and so they actually at this point that's when they throw him out. And let the animals take them. And that's when when uh, Carmody says that they can sleep tonight because that is a oh, sacrifice. Oh, that was a sacrifice. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah right. The other, the other time was it, he didn't go to sleep. He went to sleep because he was tired, not because of whatever. He slept half a day or whatever. I don't know. Whatever. So that was it. So that was that. Um, and so they're like, oh, shit, we need to figure something out. Let's get the fuck out of here. And so they make a plan. Um, Ollie is going to get food and hide it behind one of the cash registers so that they can grab it. And then walk out, nobody else will notice. And they can get to the car and they can leave. And they mm-hmm. can try to find out, find a way out of there. At yeah. this point, I'm like, oh, yeah, huh. They're probably wondering what's going on with his mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> poor mom's over there just at the house like, where are these guys at? They didn't come home yet. Like, God damn, that pack of cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> so the next morning, they get up and they gather everybody. And they're, um, Ollie says, yeah, the groceries are there. Let's go. And they go and they notice that behind the register, there's nothing. Right. And all that's sitting there on like one of those lawn chairs they sell at the market was this Miss Carmody. And she's just sitting there with a knife mm-hmm. saying, I will not let you go. Yep. And she's all her become, followers will not let them go. She's it, like the Charlie Manson of these people right now. Well, she's telling them, um, she's telling them that, um, you know, the reason this is happening is because this group of people, these eight, nine people will not... Um, they will not bend to the will of God, sure. is what she's saying. Sure. So they have to die. Better yet, she asks for the them to kill Billy, the little boy, and the whore, which is Amanda. Right. She's yeah. not a whore. She's a school teacher. She teaches yeah. special ed kids. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, holy yeah. shit. Uh, so... There's this huge like kerfuffle, like everybody's mm-hmm. fighting, trying to grab the kid. Amanda's holding the kid, and 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 suddenly Ollie just Ollie, shoots Miss Carmody. Ollie one to, to the, the gut, rescue, one to the head. Ollie, yep. the superhero of the, this yep. movie, to the rescue. Yep, he's he says he was sharpshooter, and he, he comes. Yeah, he. You know, boom, like you said, one in the gut, one in the head, and fucking Mrs. But Carmody the, or whatever her name is is yeah. out done. And then he goes, I shot her. And then uh, David goes, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, what else are you going to say? Yeah. So everybody else, that kind of seems to break the spell over everybody. Mm-hmm. Because at this point, she had them believing that she was psychic because everything she was saying was coming true. Right, sure. Yeah. And because, um, you know, she just was the the vessel which speaks directly to God, right? So um, that kind of seems to have broken, every, broken the spell because they let them go. Um, and they go, and this group goes into the mist to try to find the car. 
Now, at one point, they get separated. They do. They're all bumping into, like, different cars, and the mist is too foggy and all that. And half of them get to the Land Rover, and the other half are still stumbling around. Right. And then all of a sudden, Ollie Ollie, finds the car, opens the doors for everybody, and he's, like, saying, come this way. Yeah, but his back is turned, and he doesn't see what they see. He's eaten by a 30-foot, no, 30-foot praying mantis. Or whatever the fuck it is. I don't know if it's, 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 I mean, have you ever seen War of the Worlds? Yes. It kind of reminded me of that. Like these, uh, not exactly. Well, the War of the Worlds, these giant like alien creatures. No, I know, but I just, I haven't seen it in so long. I can't recall them. Yeah. Well, Um, but it looks like a praying mantis. Okay. But it's like, it looks like a praying mantis mixed with those. What are those um, in, in Star Wars, those white things with the four legs that look like dogs with long legs? Star Wars, right? Star Wars, the thing with white things that have those d- those like things that look like turtles on top, but they have like long legs and they walk, and it looks like they're walking in snow. Uh, but are they mechanical? Yes. Okay, you're talking about the ATAT walker. No, 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 no. How the you're fuck would I know? I've never no, seen. No, you're Star talking Wars. <laughs> about the. Um, Okay, yes, I know what you're talking about. And now as a Star Wars fan, I feel stupid that I can't remember. Well, that. you should. Because the ATATs are in uh, Return of the Jedi. So that's what it looks like, but also These kind are, of like a praying this mantis. This is the uh, scene where they're on the um, Hoth. And you're talking about the ones where they wrap around. Wait, I thought you never seen Star Wars. How'd you know about this? I still live in this society. I'm going to see references to it okay. on occasion. Okay. God damn it, it's going to bug the hell out of me that I don't know. You want know me what to Google is. it? What would I call them? Let me see. Uh, Star Wars. Uh, Empire Strikes Back. Enemy. Um, enemy. I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. We'll come back to it. It's going to take too long to Google that shit. Let's go for it. Enemy robots? Yeah, but it's are on, it's on Empire. <laughs> There's so many yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, what are these things called? Imperial Walkers? The Imperial Walkers. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I just said. How do I know more Star Wars? Yeah, I Google that. <laughs> anyway, they're crazy looking motherfuckers. They scoop Ollie up and they eat him. But he drops the gun. So they go and they run into the car after this. Because this guy just, this this thing just eats Ollie and then just walks away. Right. It just walks away, which makes me also wonder, like, it doesn't even know who its enemy is. It's sort of just like taking out. It's just out. eating. Yeah, it's just eating. It's just so, feeding. So they run, so the remaining group, which is the two old people, it's that old teacher lady, it's the guy that initially was like, there's something in the mist. Uh, There's Billy, there's Amanda, and there's David. And they go into the rover, Land Land Rover, and they like turn on all the lights, like every light in existence are on that car. And their their plan is just to drive out of town as long as the gas can take them. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Meanwhile, the other people are lost and they're honking for them, but they hear that there's screams because they get eaten as well. Except one heads back to the store and begs to be let back in. Yeah, he was like the store manager, I think. Yeah, the store manager. And so they get in the car and they start driving away. And that's when we see that the spell of of Miss Carmody is actually broken because as they drive by the storefront, they see that the manager is inside. Yeah, he's back inside. Which is good because that means that they're no longer like being fucking crazy. Right, yeah. I get it. But can um, you imagine those feelings that they have because they killed that kid in cold blood? Because he he wasn't like an an adult army guy. He was uh, was a teenager. 
No, no, he was a teenager. The the Jessup about? that they stabbed and threw oh, outside. Oh, wow, he was in a teenager. He he was dating Sally, and they went to school together. Mm. Sally very much is a teenager. All right, but he okay. So maybe bad casting, but he looked a, a few years maybe older than a teenager. But okay, you're right. Nevertheless, they fucked him he's got to be like in his early twenties. Yeah, he was a new. He was. Uh, they stabbed yeah. him in cold blood and they threw him, him out up. to get eaten. Yeah, they fucked him up. And very disrespectful, considering that technically he should have been treated as like a member of a the military. Member yeah, of society. The, the, yeah. yeah, he was a so, man of arms. Like he was part yeah, of the military. Like, absolutely. And so they drive off. They drive off and they drive back to um, the Drayton property to go look for the mother. Mm hmm. And they don't find her, but they do find cobwebs everywhere. They, they don't find her alive. They find her spider webbed up on the patio. No and doubt. That no diggity. And <laughs> David blames himself because he's like, I, t I should have boarded up the window before, you know, but yeah, you should have like done something because they wouldn't, those animals wouldn't have known to go inside the house to look for this one person by themselves, probably not making any noise. If everything was locked up. Yeah. Well, okay, but they even if he they did, they don't know though, to go into the doors. But into they the house. live in a place where they're most likely not dealing with air, AC or anything like that. So let's say he even did board everything up. There's a good chance that in I don't know got a little hot and the the wife was sitting at home. She's like, yeah, let's open the window. There's mist everywhere. I doubt she would have wanted to open them. Anyway, she's stupid too because all she had to do was close the door to that room. Yeah, she's dumb. You said you didn't like her anyway no, from the beginning. Because she's dumb, so. obviously. <laughs> so, I mean, anyway, so he feels bad and they start driving away. And they drive and drive and drive until the engine chokes and it has yeah, no, more, no gas. more gas. Now, do you think they, well, they are out in the middle of nowhere, but I would have tried to find the nearest gas station just to make sure that it had a full tank, even if it meant doing some crazy maneuver. But maybe he had a full tank, but maybe he did. They so how far do you think he would have got on a full tank? I don't know. But what I'm saying is no matter how far he drove, you're risking every time you're out in the fog. I mean, in the mist, I'm sorry, wrong so, movie. But anytime you're out in the mist, you're, you're, you know, you're at risk. So let's just, okay, but let's just uh, let's just break it down. Like, let's say he, okay, how far do you think the mist came in? If this was a port town or some sort or whatever near the, what what what? You don't want to be hypothetical right now? No, or? I literally have no way of knowing. Okay, I know you don't. So let's just <laughs> say, but just hear me out. The, let's say they're on a town that's near the ocean. The mist comes in, right? You have a full tank of gas and a fucking Land Rover. Let's say you burn that whole tank of gas and you're in like Maine. You're at least so like let's maybe just borderline New Hampshire now. My tank of gas, like if I fill it up, it goes 400 miles. Okay. So the mist, I don't think would travel 400 miles. I think you'd be in the clear after the first like 50, 60 miles. You don't know miles. because this is supernatural mist. <laughs> okay, you have right. no fucking clue. They, they um, you know... They drive out to as far as they can. But the mist isn't killing anybody. It's the mist the isn't killing everybody. But there's things that live in the sure. mist. And you know that they're still around because when the engine dies, you can still hear these creatures lurking around out there. You hear them trill. You know, you hear them growling. Uh, so okay. so they, as far as he drove, let's say it was 400 miles. He still wasn't far enough away from them where he was safe from them. That's where I'm not sure if I believed it. I feel like that. It's a he, movie. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying. 
I know it's a movie, and here comes Mr. Literal saying, "Guess what? I don't know if I would have believed that shit." He had a full if he had a full tank I of don't gas, say, he well, could have gotten away. What if he away. didn't? So he didn't. Then he should have gone to a goddamn gas station, and they still may have had a chance of filling up and getting out of there before they got killed. <sighs> so I don't know how much gas he had. I don't know how far he could have gotten, but as far as he drove, there were still these creatures. Out there. Which I call bullshit on. Can I not call bullshit on it? That's what I'm saying. I feel like the end of the movie was fucking bullshit for me. They just, it ended on a very sour note. Well, okay. So let's get to the ending then. So they drove uh, 10 miles because he didn't have gas in his car. Let's say he drove 10 miles. The mist was still there and the creatures were still around. And that's as far as they were able to get, because let's not forget, they probably went further into town to go find his wife and then had to still drive back out of town. So those are two different things. We know that he lived far away enough that the neighbor asked him for a ride into town. So they had to do that extra drive, plus however far out they drove. Okay. Anyway. That's, th- so that makes sense. They stopped the car and uh, because they couldn't go any further. They still heard the creatures and they immediately... Look at the gun and they're like, let's just kill ourselves. But they had five people and four bullets. And David was like, I'll take care of myself. I'll figure something out. Don't worry. So then he, the camera pans out and then you just hear four shots from the car. And then David yelling, like just wailing because he just had to shoot his kid in the face. That's the part I have trouble with. You're going to stop right away. And they immediately be like, oh, well, let's kill ourselves. Like, you're not even going to try to, like, just at least wait it out to see how long you can wait out. To see if anybody comes around. To see if the fog lifts up. To see where you even are. You're just going to be like, oh, car stop. Well, let's Absolutely. kill ourselves. Absolutely. If you even think that the four bullets are okay enough to kill yourselves, then wait for it to be the last moment. Instead, they they just jumped right into it. And I'm just saying, like, that is bullshit. Also, I was like, hey, you got four bullets. Kill the other three people and you and your son take off and you got a bullet remaining. Like, that's logic to me, right? I mean... I just wouldn't have killed myself. No, that's my point. I wouldn't have killed myself and I wouldn't have killed my son. I might have killed the other three people, but I still wouldn't have killed them until it was the last second. But at I the end of the day... I wouldn't have killed them. Like I would have stayed in the car and, yeah, and tried let, to... First of all, where the fuck am I? Let me assess the situation. Not like within the same minute of stopping, everybody's dead. So you're saying you would have left the three of them, taken all four bullets and your child and gotten the fuck out of there. Absolutely. Who yeah. wouldn't have done that? Okay. Well, what I'm saying is I would have killed the it's three of them very, and left with one it's, bullet. <laughs> it's Yeah, I could, and then you're asked out. You no. have one shot. <laughs> well, maybe. So here's my thing. It's so much easier to maneuver through any situation with fewer people, right? And if it's just me and my son that I could carry, because in the movie The Son, he was able to throw him over like he's Raggedy Ann or something, right? Throw him over his shoulder. Although that son can, was a little bit of a fucking extra baggage, though. Right. But he was quiet when he needed to be quiet, um, at the very least that. And he, when they ran from the grocery store into the car, he was on it. He wasn't holding them back. He was on it. He was like, I'm um, focused. Mm-hmm. Right. So at least he had that. So find a hiding spot. Like, they're not smelling you out. They just happen to find you 
you know, they don't seem to be able to see you exactly. Um, you know, I mean, sorry, to see through whatever thing. They don't understand that a car is, you know, has people in it. So find either stay in the car, find a house, find something, figure out what you're going to do. But kill yourself, kill your child and everybody else. And then what? Just he. So so David, after he starts, stops crying, he gets he gets out of his car for the mist to take him. And suddenly the mist disperses, disperses and the military's there. And the military's there. And then you see all of the military vehicles leave and a lot of the survivors, one of which is that the lady Carol, with the, kids. the one the woman who left her kids at home character. Yep. She he could have just gone. <laughs> like, but that's what I'm saying. It's easier to maneuver alone stealthily than with a group of people. For sure, yeah. I really didn't think that he needed to kill himself. I mean, his kid or anybody else. I think they definitely could have like waited that out a little bit more. There was, but, but what? But what if Miss Carmody was right? What do you mean? Because he killed the child and he killed the whore, and then the mist lifted. Oh my gosh. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I do feel like that they were impatient, and they also were like why kill yourself until it's the last moment you know what i mean wait because the thing is what you just mentioned about these enemy creatures these things that come interdimensional beings of whatever they sorts they are we're new to them too yeah but they weren't aggressive in the sense that like they only were killing somebody if they were in front of them they weren't really hunting anybody like you said, if they would have as far covered, as we knew, because we only saw like right. from a protected space, you know. But from any of the protected spaces that we did see, if they would have kept the doors closed and the windows up, they may have and been okay. And those spiders from the pharmacy wouldn't have attacked if they hadn't. Okay, so how do spiders work? Yeah. Right, if it's when the web, you saw a spider outside, right? right? Like when the web gets triggered, exactly. Then that's when they come. They know something's on their mm-hmm. web. Like, if they hadn't have done that, right. then they probably would have been okay. So you're mm-hmm. right in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just so many, so many, so many things that could have just been different. But yes, the impatientness. However, they're being impatient. They also just survive four days stuck inside of a grocery store. They also just survive driving for who knows how long. So that also takes its toll. So that doesn't make them... No, I know. It doesn't make them dumb. It's just everybody processes their trauma differently, but but it does make them impatient. If you're going to be suicidal, wait till the last moment to do it. Then what they did is they jumped the gun. They basically looked at each other and said, okay, there's four bullets. There's five of us. All right, we're all going to go ahead and die. But why? Why do it then? I there was a mist. They were also protected by the mist in a way because the mist. Yeah, sure. Them. Yeah. Yeah. And then they They could have like jumped out of the car and they gone could, somewhere yeah, else exactly and they could have like hidden behind different cars like like i said it's easy to be stealthier when you're you know when mm-hmm. you're fewer people yeah. and in this case they were only five people and in this case if he left the three of the other people behind he still was with his kid and they had four bullets yeah and so i think the because I really have sort of a problem with the ending. and why not stay at the house like they had driven over to the house um, but then they left again. Yeah, but they didn't at all, like, we could live in the cellar for now. There's a safe place. Mm-hmm, sure. Well, that's what I'm saying. I had a problem or with the ending. Or anyone's house. And I think my biggest problem with the ending is, again, is that they gave up. Yeah. 
Because why give up? Like if you would have just waited it out, sure, okay, you're going to kill yourself. You've brought yourself to that reality. But wait to the very last moment. Don't just do it assuming that there's no other fucking options. If they would have waited 10 minutes, they would have. I, I hear what you're saying about maybe had it take, you know, it took killing the kid and the whore to, um, to te- disperse it. But, teacher. <laughs> but let, let's just say like that wasn't a thing. If they really would have just waited another five, 10 minutes and they would have saw the military rolling through, it would have been so, okay. Here, here's what I'm thinking also. Cause initially I was like, well, wouldn't they have heard, like, they heard the, the animals and the creatures, but you think they would have heard tanks rolling, because they weren't just in cars, they were in tanks also. Mm-hmm. So you think they would have, they would have, like, heard distant rumbling right. of machines, not these animals. Or, and, like, they were using flamethrowers in there at one point, like, so they could have probably also, like, smelled them coming. Like, they did no, no, no. assessing of the situation whatsoever. Well, it was maybe it wasn't them, though. But uh, that also could just be, and I don't know, I'm just saying, I'm not the hugest Frank Darabont fan, but maybe that could be loopholes in some of the writing here at the very end. Because you're right, when they show the tank, it literally just appears out of the mist. So what, you didn't hear it coming up before then? And you're right, they had flamethrowers, which was also a question we received in the Slash Cards game <laughs> earlier, was name X amount of horror movies that include flamethrowers in them. So now we know the mist is one that can be included. And the thing. But you're right. Like, wouldn't the flamethrowers have given off some sort of a scent or a smell that they could? It just it dispersed very quickly after. And I don't know. Part of me also feels like they have been gunning them down at some point, you know, like shooting them up. Wouldn't they have heard shooting and then be like, oh, that sounds like an automatic weapon. Part of me is wondering if that's what Frank Darabont was going for, is that he wanted to teach us a lesson at the end of it that guess what? Don't give up too early. Because you might be, because essentially, what's his name regrets his choice now. Mm-hmm. He regrets the fact he, he killed he his killed, child. He, ki- he was killed for nothing. Nothing, yeah. yeah. So maybe that scene say is set up. He was killed for nothing. No, no, say the his message. Don't give up. Don't give up. What was the rest of the you message? Know, you, were finished. you didn't even finish. You interrupted yourself. Oh, <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. The message is don't give up. Because maybe some uh, solution is going to be coming right around the corner. And yes, they I, hammer that home that I, he killed his son for nothing. I love that, Stefan. And that is the message we will leave this episode on. Okay. Don't give up. Don't give up. Yeah. That's absolutely beautiful. So we went through this movie and the frustrating ending just for the message. The resolution. Of don't, don't give, give up. up. I, and, I, I, okay. and I dig it. I agree. Don't give up. <laughs> All in all, Fine. I actually enjoyed most of this movie. I did. Um, there are some things, of course, I ignored to enjoy it. You know, like, you know, certain things. Yeah. Like, it, who knows what we would have done? We all could sit here and be like, I would have done this. I would have done that. But until you're in that moment, you don't know. Yeah, sure. There were some things here and there. Like, I, again, I'm a little uh, critical on how I judge certain scenes and certain logic and yada, 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 whatever. But I feel like that um, it was it was a little it was good. It It wasn't okay. So when people mentioned this movie to me, it was like, oh, this movie is so good. Oh, my gosh. You're not going to believe it. But I don't think it was that Um, it was good, but it wasn't like it was 
too hyped up for me. Yeah. So I was expecting a lot more. Number but it one, wasn't bad. Number one for me, it is not the best Stephen King adaptation to film that I feel like I've seen at all. I mean, you know, whatever. I have never read any of Stephen King's books, but from the Stephen King movies I've seen, I wouldn't put this one up there as like one of my favorite Stephen King uh movies quote unquote and also as a frank darabont thing like i don't know i mean shawshank i get it that is a classic movie and that there there's it's gonna have its piece of history but i again was not a walking dead fan and i also don't know if i'm really a frank darabont fan well you don't have to be you just have to be willing to watch these kinds of movies with me to figure out what we like and what we don't like yeah, absolutely. And for the most part, we do like Stephen King movies or movies made. No, Cujo was great. Yeah. And I love Pet Cemetery. And um, yeah, for the most part, we know, like Stephen King movies or movies based it, on his books. The original. Absolutely. It, yeah. Yeah. However, um, whatever. No, that's what I'm saying. I, this one compared to the others is not my favorite, but it was still OK. Yeah. And don't give up. Don't give up. Yes. Don't <laughs> All give All right. Up. So thank you again for hanging out with us while we talk about Frank Darabont's 2007 film, The, the Mist. Mist. And thank you for letting us talk about Boney M for the first, I don't know, 40 minutes of this episode. <laughs> ma, 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 ma. Ma Baker. If you don't know that song, go check it out. <laughs> Ma Baker. They're by also Boney the same. M. They're also the same group that does that Rasputin uh, TikToky thing that's going around. I right don't know now. what that is. I'll have to figure it out. Um, and okay, and why don't you guys um, send us an email? You can get all of our information from icecreampodcast.com. Our email is hello at icecreampodcast.com. Yep. And let us know if you want me to do an episode on the Ma Barker gang or. Yeah. Stefan, an episode on Boney M because they're our current obsession. <laughs> uh, well, I did uh, Wikipedia. I don't know if it's an obsession yet, but Ma Baker is a good song. I'll tell you. And that also, much. let us know what movies you want us to watch next. Yeah. Uh, you can submit a movie directly on our site. Again, what I, is it Ice Cream Podcast? Podcast.com is our Ice I Cream as an I S C R E A M, like scream podcast.com is the official website yeah and you can figure out how to reach us any number of ways there. yes and search um, us on all social media some of them might have some underscores in them but well, whatever you'll figure website. it it's out it's totally fine yeah um all right well thanks again mm -hmm. see you soon subscribe and tune in next time okay bye